speak in the first part this week about a topic. It could be we discussed it here before, but I don't remember. But even if we did, it's such an important topic that it's worth discussing again. And it does somewhat come into the parsha. So we'll have at it. In the parsha this week, we learn about the Misa of the Shnei Bnei Aaron, Nodav and Abim. And uh, at least 10 different reasons are given in Chazal in various places for um, nine, at least nine different reasons for why they were nifter. One of the reasons that's mentioned, although it doesn't Mamish say that it, that it was the cause of them being nifter here, but that's what's understood from the Gemara, um, is the Gemara in Mesech Sanhedrin Davnun Beis. The Gemara says a startling Gemara about not of Anavim. None of you were tzaddikim, gedolim, atzumim, mo'oid. Rashi brings down, in the story over here, Rashi says that Moshe, his hashara was, the way he learned up the parsha is that none of you were bigger than him and I. So it's, uh, to, 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 to attribute to them any avera would be shocking. And yet the Gemara attributes to them what seems to be an Avera that's not just a, a little Avera, it's a grob Avera. The Gemara says a Maisa. The Gemara says that Moshe and I were walking, and Nodan Aviv were walking behind them, and Kol Klaeso was walking behind Nodan Aviv, and either Nodan Aviv turns to the other and says, when will these two old men die so that we can take over and leave Klaeso? So the Shina said... Let's see who buries who. Is it going to be you, not even of you, who bury Moshe and Aaron, or maybe it's going to be Moshe and Aaron that bury you, not even of you? Kaka, they, they predeceased Moshe and Aaron. How would this Shaykh that Gedolim on such a level that they, that they could be greater than Moshe and Aaron, whether it means Lagamri greater or a certain Bechina greater? But that they could be in the, 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 in the ballpark, and that there could be a discussion about it, that they would be able to make such a statement. When will the, the, the Koyin HaGodol HaRishoy, and the one who spoke Pel Pet to Moshe Rabbeinu, to HaKadosh Baruch the one who gave us the Torah, when will they drop dead so that we can take over? It's, it's a shocking statement, and obviously it requires some understanding. So in order to, to understand the topic, what they, what they perhaps were saying, I want to bring a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Dav Chav The Gemara there says, it says that, Yiftach B'dayroi, Kishmo B'dayroi, and it lists the three, what it calls them, Kalei HaOilam, I believe is the Lashon there, Keneger Gimel Chamurei HaOilam, three of the greatest Nevi'im of all time, Moshe, Aaron, and and, uh, and Shmuel Hanavi, and it compares them to three of the least of the Shoftim. And the Gemara tells us that each generation has its leaders, and Yiftach, even Yiftach, who's the least of them, Bedarei Keshmuel Bedarei, according to the way, I think it's the Marshal there learns, Shmuel, in a certain Bechina, as a leader, was equal to Moshe and Aaron combined, he's the greatest of the leaders, and yet, Yiftach in his Dar is equal to Shmuel in his Dar. So the, the normal way we understand that is, look, you can't creep into the history book. Uh, when you want to, you need to know what to do, 
So you can't, you know, there's a, there's a Corona is going on. You want to know what should we, how should we respond to Corona? It's not, you can't go look and see how uh, Shmuel Hanavi instructed Klaisel to behave in, in a certain, in a certain, uh, when there was Magefa there. You have to go to the Gedolim in your dar, who will tell you specifically what the problem in your dar is, and that's, that's who you have to listen to. Because, Ein Elo Shabiyama. You have the Kayin Uzi, you can't go to the previous Kahana. That's a simple way of understanding it. He says that there's a, a, a deeper Zach. Rechashmulavs explains that the re- how could it be that Yiftach is equal to Shmuel, if Shmuel is so much greater than Yiftach? Because the, the Iker greatness of a leader does not come from his personal greatness. There's no person who outs himself is great enough to be able to lead an entire them. Nervous. You need tremendous Siat HaDashmai. An unbelievable level of Siat HaDashmai in order not to make mistakes on, in the dark. And the reason why Yiftach is equal to Shmuel is because the engine that's driving their leadership is the same. It's Siat HaDashmai from HaKadosh Baruch And HaKadosh Baruch gives the leaders of each generation the Siat HaDashmai to be able to lead that generation properly. And Yiftach, although on a personal level, is much less than Shmuel. If you had a, on, in raw terms, if they had a machloikis with each other, the halacha would be like Shmuel. But when it comes to the, the, the shyness of the dark, so then it doesn't come down to your personal greatness. It comes down to the siyat of Shmaya from Hashem. And the same siyat of the Shmaya that is given to Shmuel to lead his dark, is given to Yiftach to lead his dark, and to the Gedolim of today to lead our dark. And in every door, the, the leaders of the door are given siyat of the Shemayat. There's a maizah with the Ksam Soifer. Ksam Soifer used to get a gigantic amount of mail, shouts uh, to every single day. Uh, it just, you know, each day, bag, a bag, they bring in and go through it. So the, it was the job of the Ksam Soifer to open the letters and arrange them in some, you know, normal order. And then the, he would give him to the Cypher, he would read them, and write the Chuvas, and then give, give it to the Ksav Cypher, would fold it back up and mail it out. So the Ksav Cypher used to do this at an extremely rapid pace. And he would, he would read it, write an answer, and ship it out. And there was no, Diamond, uh, maybe he was mine, or something, but basically it was rapid fire. Now the Ksav Cypher looked at the questions before, and then one time he got a kasha, that he, he saw it was an extremely complex question. And, and, and he saw that, you know, there's a way to read it and to misread it, but if you thought, oh, that's what they're asking, okay, and the Teretz is up, takes work to... So he wanted to see how the Ksav Cypher would answer the question, how long would it take him to answer it? Ksav Cypher reads through it, writes out an answer, okay, ship it out. Ksav Cypher's like, it's not shy. It, it, it must be that he didn't cop the question. Properly, it, you can't. It can't be he has an answer that quickly. So the side is not going to mail it right away. He'll put that one on the side. The rest he mailed down. I'll put that on the side. You know, and maybe let his father. And when he has more free time, he'll cause it over. And so talking the next day, some service says, "That Shiloh." He says, "Did you mail out the letter?" So the South Servant. He says, "Actually, no. I kept it." He says, when I give you a letter, people are waiting for the answer. Mail it out right away. And it's, you know. So he says, it was such a college. He says, I want to tell you something, says some cipher. He says, 
if you go through my tshuvas, it says, it's shy of the Yudhiyotimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Talmidim apparently, um, the Talmud had asked that it seems that uh, people who left Europe to go to America ended up better off um, when the war broke out than people who stayed in Europe. And many people had asked that child to the Gadolim, and they were told to stay in Europe. So he said, you know, maybe the Gadolim were wrong to give advice to stay in Europe. So that's what doesn't, he doesn't deal with the question at all. He, he, he uses very sharp shyness, and he says, it were not for the fact that I know you, and that I know that you picked this up from someone else, I wouldn't answer the question. He says, if you would have, if you would, I said, I sat by some of these meetings. The koive roish, that the gedolim approached these decisions with, he says, as compared to the way that other decisions are made in, in other bodies, decision-making bodies, he says, you can mamish with a shemim of first make a brocha, and he says, I'm telling you that their pichus was unbelievable, stam, on a raw level, just without siyat Shemaya. Their, their pitkus was unbelievable that he said we can't, you could not follow their reasoning and, and then he says and if you understand on top of that the the shmai that is given so then there's nothing to discuss what would have happened if the other one wouldn't have listened maybe they would have gone off the derech which is a lot worse than getting killed maybe I don't know what or maybe this is what Hashem wanted not maybe for sure this is what Hashem wanted to happen we have to understand the correct response and we said it in, in a different context I believe it's not much the same thing, but this is how you have to approach these issues. Um, someone once came to Chaim Lajner. He was uh, at a business in, you know, cutting a lumber business. So they would, the, the, everyone used the same stream to transport the wood. And basically, whoever got their wood in the stream first had a big up on everyone else. So you would travel mamish in the winter and cut down the trees, and the moment, according to your pickles and hearing, listening to the ice and the groaning that it's making, you held that the, it's about to break up and start sweeping down, and the, the water's going to start flowing, and you get all your things into a big raft, and you send someone down the river, and you try to sell to the first lumber house you get to. So this guy, he was about to go, and he had a dream that he traveled across the river, and the ice broke, and he drank. And the dream happened three nights in a row. So he went to Rebbe and says, maybe I shouldn't go. I told him dreams are nothing go. So the guy went, and he was traveling, he was crossing the river, the ice broke, and he drowned. So the family came to Chaim. Chaim said, I swear to you, if the question would come to me again today, I would give the same answer. Dreams don't mean anything. And it's an unfortunate coincidence, and it's, you want to call him a sonia, about your Amunas Chachamim, and Amunas of Wachazal said that dreams don't mean anything. Dreams, it did not happen because of his dream. So then why did it happen? Because that's what I was supposed to do. Adar Abba, it's a tremendous opportunity for his mishpacha to practice in Rizachamu and to not doubt that he did the right thing. And he was searching the toy while listening to, to, to the correct advice. We're not results-based Jews. You don't decide whether things are right or wrong based on the results they seem to have. You have to do it based on what the Torah says is right and what's wrong and leave the result interpreting to other people or to nobody. Uh, there was a, I said this Maisa too, but again, we'll try to bring it together here in one place, and then we'll try to get back to the parasha. In, in Yeshiva, in Tervedas, there was a, a fellow who was looking to, to, he was standing on whether he should be leaving Kailo or not. And he was talking to Rapam about it, and while he was discussing the Shailam, three incidents in a row happened that clearly leaned towards one side of that question. 
the, the mice as it came down within the yeshiva. When I was makabal this mice, it didn't come down with which way it leaned, but it, it clearly indicated one way. So he, he went to Rapam and he said, maybe, uh, maybe this, is, so this is a sign that I should do that way. So Rapam says, yeah, it's, uh, it's a sign, so that's the way you should do So he was very like, close up the books and you know, pack the bags and whatever it is. So Rapam said, unless, unless it's, a, unless it's an assignment, and it's just the Yitzhahara trying to push you the wrong way. So, I don't know, so how are we supposed to know? So Rapam said, there is no way to know. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to think through it with Seichel. And if we come out that you should follow those signs, so then we'll say that they were signs. And if we come out that you should not follow those signs, so then we'll say they were Nisyonis. Right? If you're, if you're, uh, so then Hashem can send you signs, and you can interpret the signs. But lacking Ruach HaKodesh, in other words, if Hashem doesn't give you the answer key, then you have no answer key. And the answer is, do what the Torah says. And that's how we approach Kedoyim. When if we see that we approach the God, we listen to what he said, and something went wrong, that means that's not wrong. That's what's supposed to happen. Amola, a bunch of Hasidim sitting around telling Rabbi Shemaisis. And each one was trying to outdo the other one with the, my Rebbe is a bigger Balmai than your Rebbe. So there was a Lubavitcher Hasid sitting there quietly. Right? And, and then when they all finished, says, you all done? I'm going to tell you the biggest Maifas. Okay. Good. Which is always have good mindless minds. So yeah, they're ready to listen. So he said, I had a business deal. And it was a Shiloh of make or break. I was going to lose all my money or become... So I went to the Rebbe to find out what to do. And the Rebbe told me that I should do the deal. He said, I did the deal and I lost all my money. So they realized that they're dealing with inexperienced mindless minds to say it over. And they said, that's not how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to make all the money. So they said, no, the mythos is not that I lost all the money. The mythos is that I believe that that was the best thing to happen to me, and I get that kayak from the Rebbe. Whether you get that kayak from the Rebbe or not, but that's how you have to approach those things. That the way that we deal is we go, we ask Shilas, and we listen. And we don't determine whether listening was the right thing or not based on the results that come out afterwards. There is, it's other of it, since that was the advice I was given, so it must be that's the result that was supposed to happen. That's how we approach these things. But with all that, so there's a tremendous siyat of the Shemai that's given to a leader of a Torah. And he says that not only is the siyat of the Shemai given to a leader of the Torah, it's lehet you're not given to people who are not the leader of that Torah. That means if Shmuel HaNavi would come and start walking amongst us, and you had a Shiloh, you should not go to Shmuel HaNavi. You should go to whoever the G'daylam are of today, that's who has the Siyat Hashemayah for this door. And he brings a Raya, interesting Raya, the Gemara says in the mice of Chani Amago, Chani Amago um, fell asleep for 70 years, and when he came back, uh, people did not. Um, people didn't uh, believe him that he's Chayyamav, and he went into the base marriage and he heard them saying that when Chayyamav was uh, was alive, so he would he would give pirushin that would manage life the whole base marriage. And Lamaisa he came in, he said, "That's me," and no one believed him. So Fratul Chayyim he says, "What? <laughs> Prove it. Give it to Eretz. 
answer something in the way that only Fener Mago could, and light up the whole business with your Gishmak and Peretz, and everyone will say, okay, that must be Fener Mago. So Zotrev Chaim, Pshad is, that Fener Mago wasn't just his brain that came up with such truths. For the door that he lived in, to be able to answer questions for that door in a way that enlightened the eyes of the door. And when a person from Choyni's door heard Choyni's Torah, so he says, ah, that's, that's my Torah. That's the Torah. Yeah, that's Kishma. This was not Choyni's door anymore. He happened to be alive, but it wasn't his door. The door had passed him by, and it was up to the next door. And when Meila Choyni could have said the same text, it wouldn't hit them in that way. It's not their Torah. It's not their Torah. It's not the Torah they need to hear. Right? No one before Reb Chaim was as smart as Reb Chaim to be able to come up with Reb Chaim's Mahalach. Reb Chaim's Mahalach was for that door and for whatever, for our daughters. And it's a Mahalach that speaks to us, to our way of thinking about things, that talks to us, that enlightens us, and uplifts us. And a previous daughters, not. And it may happen, it may come to a point that a future daughters not, that that won't be the Mahalach. Every door has its leader. And perhaps that's Pshat in Nodav and Aviv. Nodav and Aviv, if you look at the Gemara, the Gemara says they were walking behind Moshe and Aaron, and Kol Yisrael was walking behind them. Why is that important for the story? Who cares what Kol Yisrael was doing? And the point was that they were found behind Moshe and Aaron, and they were walking behind them, and they said, when will they die? What do you need the rest of Kol Yisrael there in the story for? It may have been true, but why did the Gemara have to report it? That's what the Gemara is telling us is, they followed Moshe and Aaron, but the door followed them. They saw that they, they're being this yachad, they're like the, the, the old, is the old Rebbe. And then there's the, you know, he's 95, and he's sitting in his chair, shriveled up, and you know, whatever, he has his hecher kavonas. And meanwhile, the Ratzur is, you know, a 45-year-old with kol ha-koychus, and he's the one who's being lost for all the chasidim and everything. And, and they're like, they follow us. So it's not pshat that they said, when will they die just so we can take over? They said, they, they don't have it anymore. They're, it's not their door anymore. And if they're going to be the ones leading, they may lead us wrong. Because the siyad of the Shemayah is with us now. And that's where it came from to say a such a statement, when will they die so that we can take over? It wasn't shot because they wanted to shrur, they wanted to take over. They felt that the, 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 the connection to the door was through them. And that their leadership would be a more appropriate leadership for that door. That the siyad of the is with them. What's the problem with their husband then? The problem with the Cheshbon is that when, although we're saying that every door has its own leader with its own siyata, the Shemaya, to lead that door properly, in what are they leading the door? They're leading the door in understanding and being macabre the Torah of the previous doors. Although you have siyata the Shemaya, it's not siyata the Shemaya to be a machadish, to come up and create a new Yiddishkeit. It's to do the tweaks in Yiddishkeit that need to be done to make it fit for each door. But a, a, a leader of a door, as talented, as charismatic, as chokhmetic as he may be, who is not interested in what the previous door had to say, He's, he says, I'm going to come with my, and I'm going to figure this out. With my siyata d'shmayim, my chokhmet, my abilities to how to lead this door. So that is not a leader of Kali that person is not, hopefully never going to become one. Rechim, that's one of the Gedolah Hadar, and he won't, because 
Well, Godel's job is to be a a an honorable transmitter of the previous daughter's Torah. And therefore, if the previous daughter is still around, it doesn't make sense to say a svara that it has already come to our daughter, that I'm now supposed to be in Mashbia. As weakened as the previous daughter may be, as shriveled and old as they may be. But that's the turn you're trying to give over. And Avada, you're going to have to, when it comes to your turn, you're going to have to figure out how to give it over to your daughter. And there may have to be slight shinui. You may have to change from giving shir in Yiddish to giving shir in English. But what shir are you giving in English? You're giving his shir in English. You're not giving your shir. And if you are, then no one should come and listen to you. The first step is to be a, a, a is to be a, a, is the fidelity to the to the Mesorah of what you're supposed to be giving over and to transmit it properly. Now, Lamaisa, Lamaisa, practically, although the Cheshben, the Cheshben was wrong, but the idea is a powerful idea that we must understand and have and, and have a grip on. Again, the our Gedolim, the Gedolim who are alive now, the ones who are leading us now, are our leaders. And they're the ones that we listen to, and they're the ones that we follow. A, because they have the Siyat of the Shemaya for this door. And B, you should real once you understand that, and you understand there's nothing else to talk about, so then you can hear the other things. Again, they're much bigger Baleachrayas than you and I are. And when we give our Deya, we have to realize we really haven't thought about the thing too much. And we don't really care if we're right or wrong, because we know no one's listening to us anyways. The Moshe I always give, again, every time there's a war in a stroll, well, you know, it shouldn't happen, but every yeshiva guy has a day on how they should blow up the Arabs, and when they should blow up the Arabs, and what they should be attacking. And, every, and they're, they're, they'll sit there at the dining at the lunch table, and, and they're passionately explaining exactly how to win the war, and it's so passionate, I don't understand why everyone can't just see this, and then and then. If they would turn to you and say, yeah, we're doing whatever you said. It would be like, uh, 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 no, no, no. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say the time came out. Because the, 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 we say it and we have data on everything because it doesn't matter. I know, no, no, but I, my, hey, I would be willing to give my advice. No, you wouldn't. Because to, to be the guy, I, I, you know, uh, um, I've seen it happen uh, in, in a work environment. With, you know, the, 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 uh, everybody has criticisms of the Manal and how the Seydah Yom should be. And the Amal, the Manal is not there. And he says, take over. You have to see how the Olam runs away from being the guy who's going to have to make decisions for one day. You know, already on Masuda Dikas Matzah. It's just going to be like a question that's going to come up. Should we, you know, get on the bus first or go to Minka first? No one wants to actually make decisions. Because decisions have consequences. I don't want it to be on me. Why should it be on me? It could be on someone else. Gedolim have taken that achrayus on themselves, and therefore when they sit and make decisions, they think it through, and they understand that it's going to matter. And they try to arrive at a better answer than we try to arrive at. And another thing you have to have is, what's the alternative? The alternative to Das Torah is not certainty. The alternative to Das Torah is Das you and me. And that's the worst possible das you can have to make a decision. Because it's, it's inherently biased. You don't think about a topic that's negative to you until it dawns on you that you should be thinking about. Why does that happen? Why do you think about it? Because you have a, a lean in one direction. Right? Should I, uh, is it, uh, I don't know, should I you know, wear blue pants or green pants today? 
no one thinks about that question until they have both pairs and they have a tzad to do one way and they have another tzad to do the other way. So you already have stardom, you already have ways that you're leaning, and you're already biased. Even if you had no bottle available, you should just go ask someone else who doesn't have the biases that you have. And say, look, here's, I, I, had a, I had a boy come to ask me a question today. At the end of the whole thing, I said, you didn't ask a question. You made a statement with a question mark at the end. You told me what you want the answer to be, and he said, right? And, and he, he thought it through, and he's like, oh, yeah. He never even, he, in his mind, he was really asking a question. And there was a this side and this side, except he only presented all the positives of one side, only presented all the negatives of the other side. Right? Without recognizing, now it could be he's not fully in touch with himself, and so people are a little bit more in touch with some of their ideas. But the Nagis is extremely difficult to escape. It's not if you go to a friend and you speak to him, we'll talk about that soon. It's a good idea. But, but certainly when you go to a Adam Godo, who has worked on himself tremendously to, to take Nagis out of his decision-making process, and he has the Achrayis to know that his decisions matter, and he has the Tziyat, the Shmaya, that makes it that he will not give the wrong decision, then that's the way to go, and we have to understand that's what we need to do. The Apostlech says in Perak Yud, Apostlech Tezayin, it says that after Misa's Nadav and Aviyu, so there's Karbonus brought, and iron, and I was in a summit and eat from them, and it says, the Apostlech says, the Apostlech says, um, um, Moshe got angry at Allah's in the summer, the leftovers, and, and he said to them, So the Yalkut, Shemani on, on this Pasuk, it's in Ramaz Tov Kuf Lamed, says that, and Rashi says in the Varim, he says that um, the Hanoisrim, the reason why the, the Allah's in the summer are called the leftovers, is because they were supposed to die also. And Moshe Davin, and they were left alive. Of Aaron's four sons, all four sons should have died, and instead only two died. So why is it coming to this passage? So they, they, they say that in the, in the Tzavim of, of Dasler, they found the Rashima that he said, Beshem the Panavichirov. The Panavichirov said, from, he said, from this passage we see, Moshe was angry at them for having made a mistake. And he had an especial anger because they were the Nystrom. Because someone who should have not survived and does survive, more is expected of him. And it's not enough to just be a regular, one, a regular person. You have to be above and beyond. And those who knew the Panovich Arav said that's how, that was the way he lived his life. Shmuelzovsky said he heard from him many times that he said, I consider myself burnt to ashes. I, my whole family got killed during the war. He said, I consider myself dead with them. So why am I here? Why am I alive? If I survive, it's not for me. I survived for Klai Yisrael. And therefore, he was after his life to rebuilding Tyra for Klai Yisrael to an extent more than it is normal. How he didn't have a personal life. He just had the life of building Tyra because he said, that's the way it has to be. I heard a same, the same vart from Rav Shlomo Bravdo. He said... He said the, the famous Kasha of the Beis Yosef on Hanukkah, the Lachayra, it's not a nice for eight days, it's only nice for seven days, the first day is normal. So the Bach says the Teretz that the, the, on the first night there was a nice that they found the Pach Shem in the first place. 
because it wasn't that by mistake that you know the, there was a bunch of you know the goofy looking uh, Greek soldiers. Hey, what? Oh, I just knocked down a bottle of oil. Whoa! I knocked down. And like by mistake, they happened to knock down a wall and be metam of all the bottles of oil. That's why they were there, search and destroy team, to either be metam or destroy every single bottle of oil. And when they came in, the place was Masudan. And they, you, you saw where the bottles were, and they went around, no, being with time every single one. And Kleisel comes in the places in shambles, that's how it's described. The, 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 the Yavonim did not keep it up well. They brought some, they had the Mizbeach going, and they were bringing Chazerim to Avon Dezorah there, but that's it. The rest of the place was a disaster. And the Yudin walk in, right, and they're like, whoa, we need oil. Oh, look, here's one. Wherever it was found. That, that, the whole finding was in this. Good, that's the Bach. So, Fractor Ravda, he says, it comes out, you have this strange menorah sitting on your thing. The menorah should really be seven candles over here, and like one candle over here. It's, you have two different Nisim being celebrated on the, same, on the same menorah. Day one and day seven, and day five, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So he said, no. So, with this word, he said, a, a Pach Shemen that survives miraculously cannot satisfy itself with burning one day. You weren't supposed to survive. If you're going to burn, you're going to burn until the next one's available. You're going to go for as long as you need to go. Because the normal, you did not survive within the normal bounds of, of Teva, and therefore you don't get to claim Teva as your boundaries anymore. You have to, you exist exceeding the boundaries of Teva, and therefore you must act exceeding those boundaries. So our brother followed through, and he said that in this dark, so many of our brothers and sisters have fallen away from Yiddishkeit. And, and so many of those who were loyal to Yiddishkeit were killed during the Holocaust. Anyone who survived, anyone who's from today, is a miracle. And therefore we cannot satisfy, although the Nisiyonis that surround us, how's a person supposed to be oymid on all those Nisiyonis? But we don't have that terrace anymore. We exist bekoyachanes, and therefore we must act bekoyachanes. That's learned in a very uh, emotional letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You should look at it yourself. It's on page seventy in Chelak Aleph. But he's writing to his son, and, and he, he's writing the feelings that he had. He, he lost his entire family. I mean, his wife and children survived, but his entire extended mishpacha kamat was killed. And more than that, he was. Born and bred Kelm. And he, he learned in Kelm probably longer than any other Talmud. He came in when he was you know, 11 years old. And he was there for 30-something years. And he, there's a letter where he, his daughter went to visit the yeshiva building. He, he's described her where his seat is. And she should go look and this. And, and, and he was laid benefesh. And the whole, it was destroyed and, and never to come back. There's no Kelm anymore. And so he's, he's writing. He says, why am I alive? Why did, why... Am I here and no one else is? And he says, uh, he says, these Lashonis, is it, is it just so that with our own hands, we were left alive so that with our own hands we could extinguish the Sha'ifa for godless that used to exist? This spark of living a life of Ruchnius? Loy, no. Loy Bishumaifin, not under any circumstances. Loy Elif Palmum, a thousand times no. I'm going to dedicate the entirety of my life 
to bringing that, that godless of spirit that used to exist. And we have to realize, Rabbi said, we're living in a dark that we're, we're, as much as there's a revival of Torah and there's a renaissance of Torah, there's so much Torah, but there's so much moving away from Torah as well. And while people are coming in, unfortunately, many are leaving out the side or back door. And we have to dedicate our lives more than is, than is fitting to, to, to masquerade ourselves more than is right to change the time and to uplift Yiddishkeit. Not just to, 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 to be Erlich Yiddin, but to be more than just Erlich Yiddin. To be leaders who are passionate about Yiddishkeit. Who live it with a fire and give that fire over to our children and ignite all those around us. And we're mechoyed to do that because we survived B'derech Neis. So many have not, and we have. Not to any minor of ourselves. But B'chazdei Hashem. And therefore we have to dedicate our lives to giving back and to making sure that Gant Klaizol comes back to Hashem. And we can't satisfy ourselves with anything less. Um, a few short, a few short verta on the parasha. Um, uh, just one because it, it touches on what we spoke about before. The Safra says in a, a criticism of Nadav and Aviyu. So it says, um, whatever their husband was, they should have consulted with Aaron and they should have consulted with each other. Now, when I saw both Nadav and Aviyu went and brought this Ezzar, uh, so what would it have helped to consult with each other? They, they both held, you should bring it. What, right? what, what, whether you consult with each other or not if you're in agreement well, we, we see that there's a mile to consulting to talking it over with people is not just because you get to hear it was a, a, a different opinion you know, diversity of opinions let's bring in all different types of people and everyone will give their opinion whether it's shtus or not that's not such a mile the mile is the from your speaking when you there's a lot of ideas that inside your head are great. And then when you try to say them over, they're not so great. And there's some different parent speeches that are like that too. And uh, I usually try these things out of my class sometimes beforehand and some <laughs> get disregarded. No, no, it sounded good. When I prepared at three in the morning, it was good. But when I said it over, no, no, not good. And ah, it goes. Right? There's a zap of speaking it over with people. And um, some people, you know, are, are big speaker overs because they, they like having someone else to blame for their decisions. But for the people who like to make decisions themselves, it's a big, it's a big nesoyim to do. Uh, um, I heard from Rav Henoch Liebwood said, and he said he stood in a sefer and he said it was, it, 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 he, he had kar- he was sitting like a likud, likud sefer of Musar Verter, and he said he has kar- he says he can't, ima- he can't understand how he didn't come up with the word himself because it's so boiled. But it says that by Yivra Nasa Adam. So who's the Nasa? So Rashi brings down that Hashem consulted with the Malachim. Not that Hashem, why is Hashem going to consult with them? So it's to, uh, to teach us Derek Eretz. That, that uh, the Godel should be Nimlach Pakotan. Yeah, you should speak it over and ask advice even with people less than you. He said, at what point in the Bria did this happen? Hashem created the entire universe already. There was Mamish, he was up to the finishing touch. To make men. Uh, let's say he would have asked them all to say no. And they would have a convincing argument. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but that's what he's trying, so trying to teach. He's trying to teach that if you put in hours and years and a whole lifetime of effort to build up something, 
and you're ready to finish it off, you still have to ask advice. Maybe it's not a good idea. And if you get a new person that you can ask the advice to and say, what do you, you hold my plan here? And he, says, and he tells you, it's a good svar, that it's not a good idea. You have to be willing to abandon the whole thing. That's what is not difficult to do. Something to, to strive for. Um, two other very short words. The one is famous, but I mean, not everyone heard it, so we'll say it. And then the the parish at the end lists the non-kosher animals, specifically non-kosher birds. We're told by the various Haimei HaMitzvahs that the reason why the Torah answered the non-kosher foods is because they introduce into a person uh, a certain uh, nature which is not in accordance with the Torah. It's not good for a person. So specifically, generally, wild animals are not allowed to be eaten because a certain type comes into a person when they eat them. This is not, not on a physical way. It's on a spiritual level. So the, one of the non-kosher birds is the chasidah. And the reason why it's called the chasidah is because it does Rashi because it does chesed in, in Minoy. It, uh, it does chesed with the other chasidahs and it shares its food. So the kasha is, they, they ask, you know, if it does chesed, it's a beautiful midah, why it should be one of the kosher birds. So the original said, Rashi says that it does chesed in Minoy. It does chesed with its own type. It doesn't do chesed with other birds. By Yidin, it's not a maila if you only do chesed with your type. Yeah, chesed is when you do it with everyone. Now, I'm giving a little homework to discuss because it's not the Pasha the Zach. Uh, um, I remember my neighbor, the, their dog died after a difficult sickness. And um, we asked the Rav if we're allowed to send a, a, a like basically do Nichem Avelim on the dog. And he, he said, no. Nichem Avelim, the Rambam makes it very clear. Now I'm going to go with Menachem Avogayim. Nikola Velum is, is a special chesed for Yidun to Yidun. And we know that that's... He said you could episode, you could send the, the Uns card type of thing. I don't know, present, send a present, I think it was. And it should be understood that the present is because you feel so bad, that it's getting you going back on your feet again. But not Nikola Velum on the door. But, but, Hashav uh, Savedah? Um, There's no Chiv Hashav Savedah to Gaim. So there seems to be that it, uh, it's not Poshut, the, the original word. You know, it's not. There's Gedorim, when it's only for your minor, he was talking l'chayra within Klai Yisrael. My it's my friends. But even there, this this hilchus kedima, you know, that your family comes before other people, bnei ercha come before other people. So is that, is that a vart in kedima? It's homework for the Olam to think about and to try to come up with what the correct dorm are to that vart. Is the minute uh, anyone can leave that you want? The minute gets to go a little overtime, especially when we start late. So the, the, another one of the birds is a tuchifa. Sorry, tuchifa. Sorry, I'm not sure how it's supposed to be pronounced, but the the Gemara tells us a ma'aseh with the tuchifas. It says that when Shlomo wanted to build the Beis Hamikdash, he needed the shamir, so he found out that the tuchifas watches the shamir. And it's really given into control of the Sar Yam, and he doesn't give it at all, except to the Chifas, who uses it to crack mountains, and he gives it back to the Sar Yam. And, and the, the Chifas, you know, will not give it to anyone, and the, the Sar Yam trusted the Chifas, and that's, so that's good to go. So they went, and they, they found the nest of the Chifas, they put a glass bowl over it, and the Chifas sees that chicks, are, are, you know, need to eat, and it can't get through, so it went to get the Shamir, and I put it on the glass to crack it, and Panino jumps up, bah! and it flies away, and he grabs it. So the Chifas went, and because it had given up its, its namonis, it was supposed to faithfully guard 
the Shamir, and it didn't, it choked itself to death. When I said, see, I mean, to be a committed individual, to be someone who's a bound monster, the has a shtickle, he says that's the highest praise that can be given to a person, is that they're uh, Ishnama. And right, Moshe Rabin is called Evanema. He's trustworthy. The Duchifas has this smile of being a, a, a brood that has a tremendous nemonis to the point that life is not worth living if I don't have my nemonis. So then that should be something that we eat. Adarabh, let's get some of that into ourselves. Why is that a trade bird? So I don't, I, I think it's from the Kedushan. If it's from me, I don't want to blame it on him, but I think it's from him. He said, Emes, it's a beautiful Zach. The problem is the end of the story. When he realized that he failed his nemonis, he went, or she went, and killed herself. And that's Yish. The monus is beautiful. But not if it leads to Yish. The worst thing that a Yid can have, it's the worst thing that you can have is Yish. Is because I had such potential and I could have been so amazing and I blew it? No. There's no such thing by Yid as blowing. If you're still alive, it means you can fix it. And if you're still alive, it means that where you are today, there's something to do that makes your life worth living. What make the, 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 the value of a human is the ability to be bocher batoy. And it's unaffected by what other choices you made in your life. As long as you still have a hero, as long as you can still be bocher batoy, then you are the pinnacle of creation. And the malachim look at you in envy because it means you can bring light into the world where it wasn't and nothing else can do that. And if you trashed your whole life up until the last decision, and you're standing before the last decision, you have to know, my life right now has tremendous value because I can do something that no one else can do. And that's, I can make this right decision. And therefore, there's an aim shom yish bo'olam klau, u'klau, u'klau. There's no mockum for a yid ever to be miyayish. You can always make the decision that's in front of you today. And that's all you have to do. And therefore, the dechifas that can't understand that, as beautiful as its mid is, that's not something we want to wrestle. What's the hell? Shabbos.